welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast 2024. If you like what you hear today, make sure to follow us at Boom or Bust NRL on Facebook and Instagram and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast. North Queensland Cowboys pre-season preview for 2024. I'm your host, Stuart Lord, and joined by Nick Lord, Stats Guru, Fantasy Nugget, listening to me talk about Brandon Smith for a long time tonight. How you going, Nick? What to do, baby? Going good, mate. Going good. Pretty excited for this one. Yeah, me too. And we also have Ryan from the NRL Fantasy Amateurs podcast joining us in from... Are you in New South Wales at the moment, mate? Yeah, no, I live in Sydney. So uh, even though born in Queensland, I'm uh, I'm down here with the rest of you blues at the minute. Excellent. Awesome. Well, you know, enemy territory and all that. We're talking about the... <laughs> Mighty North Queensland Cowboys, the pride of, I don't know what you call the people up there, but the <laughs> Northern <laughs> Queenslanders. <laughs> yeah, mate, well, I know you blokes are jealous. You know, we've got more heads than the rest of you, so you're scoundrel people. But yeah. Oh, mate, it's, it's funny. I call for work sometimes and, you know, it goes through one of the places that I call in um, North Queensland, like in Townsville, and like, oh, how's the weather today? It's some combination of it's either very hot or underwater. So at the moment. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So look, let's talk through the North Queensland Cowboys predicted lineup. So fullback Scotty Drinkwater on the wings. I've got Murray Tyluggy and Kyle Felt. At this stage, uh, Val Holmes and Sydney Valame at centres, although Tyluggy could move into the centres. Who knows? Tom Deedon and Chad Townsend are the halves. Jordan McLean, Con Hess look like possibly the starting props. Reese Robson at lock. Oh, sorry, hooker. Luciano Lelua and Jeremiah Nanai on the edges. Ruben Cotter at lock. The bench. Phelan Lukey, Jason Talmalolu, Griffin Neem, who I love a lot, and Jake Granville, just to show that he still exists. So looking at that squad there, what, what are you thinking, Ryan? Do you reckon there might be many changes? I don't think so. Um, like I think it's a fairly settled squad. Uh, the only real question mark is if uh, you know Kyle felt in there or not. Um, yeah, for, for the most part, it's, it's fairly settled, and they're one of the few teams that you, you have a pretty good idea of what they're one to 17 is going to be like for the most part outside of maybe one or two positions. Excellent. Well, look, let, let's talk about the gains and losses, Nick. What do we got? Uh, in terms of the gains, we've got Viliami Valea in from the Warriors and Thomas McKayley from the Warrington Wolves. Super. Okay, cool. In terms of losses, James Tarmow has retired. Peter Hiku's off to Hull in the Super League. Mitch Dunn. Oh, surprise, retired. Okay. Ben Hunt. Ben Hampton's gone un- unsigned. That's not surprising. Same with Brendan Elliott. Not surprising there. Riley Price is off to the Panthers. Gemmett Sibasaki as well. Or Shibasaki, sorry. He is unsigned. Jake Burke is unsigned. And Tania Sadrugu. Brive Rugby. Okay. Must be, what, in the UK or something? Mm. Brive. I don't know. Excellent. And look, from the injuries. Oh, look, look let's talk about this, these losses. A lot of guys unsigned there, right? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, they were depth pieces they've let go. And I think um, like some of their additions there have been decent uh, upgrades in terms of depth as well. Like bringing in Vilea is sort of, you know, they, they go to the, the Warriors to grab a uh, average, bog average center. And I think... <laughs> Vilea fits the uh, the Hiku mold in that regard. I think maybe he's got a little bit more upside. He's, he's a lot younger, um, but I think he's a good depth piece. The same with uh, you know adding Jake Clifford and McKaylee, all good depth pieces there for the most part. That's true. Jake Clifford joined last year, didn't he? Oh, we missed him. Oh, oh it was last year, was he? I think he was late last year. I could be wrong on that yeah. one, Nick. Well, I think he, yeah, he came over from Super League, I think. Came back from England. Uh-huh. There you go. So, excellent. So, obviously, the, well, 
obviously, but the only injury that I currently know about is Tom Chester, who's recovering from the ACL injury, suffered against the Sharks, I think, round seven last year. So he looked really promising. I saw him live that game and he came off busted. I wasn't sure. I actually thought he was properly concussed because he looked hooked when he came off. But obviously, I guess having an ACL rupture might do that to you. Um, so look, Nick, talk us through the strength of schedule. Mate, overall, sixth easiest. Rounds 1 to 12 is the third easiest. The origin period, rounds 13 to 20 is the third hardest. And the run home, sort of middling, seventh easiest. So the buys round 16, 19, and 25. So two major buy rounds, but not the first one, which is nice. In terms of teams, they have twice. So the Broncos, the Bulldogs, Dolphins, Panthers, Raiders, Sharks, Tigers, and Titans. So pretty solid there. Fantastic one round round one buys is you get the clear run to round 15 before it kind of turns hard for them. So um, there aren't any stretches that are too good or too bad really when I had a look through. So um, not a bad start with the Dolphins away round one and then the Knights, Dragons, Broncos and Titans. So a bit up and down, which is pretty much their schedule to be honest. They get the Roosters away round 13. And they should only realistically be missing Teddy and Lindsay Collins, I think. So pretty strong side there. Uh, the run home isn't terrible with the Broncos round 23, the Raiders round 24. They have their round 25 bye. They finish with the Storm and Bulldogs. So uh, it sort of is just an up and down sort of schedule, guys. But obviously the main talking point here is that clear run to round 15, which is super juicy. Yeah, no, certainly got some real interest there. Like, that kind of puts some wheels up action on some of those cut price keepers, right, Ryan? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they've, they've got a very good draw for head-to-head uh, -head coaches as well, really. Like if, if your head-to-head -head league doesn't play the, the, the major buy rounds there, you, you're not looking at anything until round 25. So, yeah, there's uh, there's some some good potential upside there, maybe for a backline player we might discuss a little bit later, especially with that uh, pre-origin run uh, in, into the first buy there. Well, look, let's, how about we start off with this guy, if you see who I'm thinking about, Val Holmes, 639. Yeah, 639k, 46 break even. So we're actually getting Val at a slight discount in 2024 as he was binned twice in two games in 2023. Uh, he's at one of the premium strike centers, goal kickers in the comp. My choice, if you want to go premium center to start in 2024, he didn't have an absurd strike rate in 2024. No outlier games apart from the 70-0 thrashing of the Tigers where he kicked 11 goals. So only four games under 40 points in 2023 with seven games over 50. So That's amazing. It's phenomenal. I love it so much. Like, Ryan, like, I know about you. Like, it kind of builds me confidence if I'm going to pay premium money that I'm at least not going to get a shocking game. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's sort of what you're paying for with this premium is the, uh, you know, the, the upside there, like, of that consistency pretty much. Like, outside of that Sinbin game where he had that 20-point game, like, he only scored below 43 times. Um, remarkably, all three of those games, he scored exactly 26. <laughs> um, and of those two games, like, two of them were the complete blowouts. Like, the Sharks beat them 44-4 to and the Tigers beat them, I think, 76-18 or something like that. They did. So... Uh, like all you've got to really picture is are the Cowboys going to be just showing enough improvement that they're not going to get blown out semi-regularly. And uh, from there, like you could easily see Val putting up, you know, very rarely scoring under 40. Um, as I pointed out, like uh, as Nick pointed out, like with the buy rounds there as well, like they don't miss, uh, sorry, he doesn't, um, they don't have any like minor buy rounds until round 25 and Val backed up after origin um, in both games last year, both uh, games, they both times they played after the buys. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hot on Val. I think um, as far as premium options go, I think you're getting a bit of a discount there and he looks like an absolute strike weapon. That's it. And with the lack of uh, any certainty around cheapy centers this year, especially because 
you know, with the split round system of uh, uh, the Las Vegas teams versus the other teams this year, I'm kind of wanting to lock in maybe some premium centers and then give myself some wriggle room if these cheapies do appear, right? Yeah, precisely. And like that is one of the issues we're having this year. Um, maybe once we get closer to round one, we start to see some cheapies appear. But at, at this stage, it's it's looking like you have to sort of go where the cheapies are. Normally, we uh, in years past, the rule of thumbs always been go cheap in the centers. But this year, it's sort of starting to play out that we need to maybe go at least one premium center option. So to me, I've sort of been tossing up Val Holmes and Will Penasini. And, you know, to me, the difference there is Val just has that that, that extra ceiling. Um, you know, you, you're getting more like you're getting a high percentage of games where he's going over 70 compared to a guy like Penasini. So yeah, I think maybe the premium is worth it, Val. I definitely think so. I think compared to Penasini for me as well as that he just starts up somewhere between six and eight points a game above Penasini just from goal kicking, right? Mm, yeah, precisely. One of the few goal kicking centers in the league. That's a huge bonus. That's it. Along with Joseph Surley, he assume he plays on the wing and gets goal kicking, which is not a certain. Um, <laughs> and Lomax, who might be on a wing too. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, look, let's let's talk about, uh, I guess, a couple of guys just real quickly. So we got uh, Kuli Kefu uh, Finifuaki. So 272, 20 break even. So <laughs> looks like, oh, mate, I was struggling through that, but I think I got it right. <laughs> looks to be an absolute... <laughs> Looks to be a weapon on edge. So he's just a guy you chuck a star on in the preseason like I've done. He's not going to start round one. But if he works his way into the squad at some point where he starts on an edge, just buy him straight away, right? Stop what you're doing. Go buy him. Call it a day. Like, right? He, he looked quality on that edge, didn't he, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, when he was given opportunity, um, he certainly had it. Um, it's just... Again, it's just a victim of the, the Cowboys actually have a fair bit of decent depth, especially on their edges as well. So he's, yeah, he's going to have to probably rely on an injury to break his way into the side. But um, yeah, if that happens, plug him in. But I think for now, he, he might end up being a, uh, a mid-season cash maker if we, uh, it eventuates. That's it. And look, just because I was walking through the players that are owned a little bit, uh, Jeremiah Nenai, uh, 549k, 40 break even. Look, he's got a bit of potential value there. I reckon probably about 75k worth of value if the Cowboys bounce back. I think there's just too many good edge op- options right this year, Nick, to be going after a guy like Nenai. He's definitely got the upside. He he can definitely bag a meat, meat pie or two. Um, his try scoring rate was slightly down in 23. It would have to be points. down. It was ridiculous his first year. Yeah, it was like so God planted just... the ball in his hands each week. <laughs> Mate, anything in the air, he just grabbed and put it down. It was pretty unreal and obviously runs a pretty nice line. So um, I think that sort of set people up um, to fail, I think, um, with unrealistic try-scoring expectations. So anyway, I, I think he could be a gun, um, but it's just a stacked, stacked back row there. So does he get the full 80, Ryan? Yeah, oh, I mean, I, I think that is Peyton's uh, ideal world. Um, I think maybe he gets managed a little bit uh, during Origin, but I think uh, for the most part he will be the 80-minute edge, and I think maybe Luch... Luciano Lua would be more likely to get a bit of a spell. Mm. Yeah. And then I was only filling out too. I think it's only 20. So I th- I think he it's will. Crazy. Yeah. He, he will certainly um, build into season at least a little bit. Yeah. I think he's turning 21 this year at some point. So, because he just, he had a really down season last year, just like a lot of poor scores. And then occasionally just pull out an absolute stunner against someone. So that was against the Tigers. I think everyone at the Cowboys had a good game that day. Yeah. Just about. <laughs> yeah. Revenge mode. That's it. All right. So, chuck a star in Nanai. Uh, 
guy we really got to talk about is Ruben Cotter. So 587k, 43 break even. I won't go too much into this one, except say they had a down year uh, and they played Cotter hard, except when they were winning big or losing big and they reduced his minutes. So prime example is around nine game that I was watching against the Sharks. Cowboys were getting pumped. They absolutely targeted Cotter. I think they realized how important Cotter is to the squad for his work rate. And they absolutely smashed him. Like the guys are running in from like weird angles to try and get him like extra mean in. And he's the new Lolo. You know, they started doing that, just tire him out of defense so he couldn't run the ball. Well, it, they, it was really interesting just how much when he had the ball, they just tried to annihilate him. And it, it was reverse Lolo. So instead they were trying to just hammer him while he had the ball so he couldn't tackle. Yeah. So he played 35 minutes for 22 points, then returned in a tighter game against the Roosters the following week, played 69 minutes for 70 points. So three games below 40 minutes, four games between 40 and 55, 10 games between 55 to 65, and two games above 65, which were injury affected through other people. So essentially over 50 minutes, he averages 47 over 60 minutes. So there's probably five points of value here. And obviously that, you know, where does this value come from? Is this that PPM drop? 0.92 to 0.8 so if he can increase his ppm to maybe 0.85 so somewhere in between keep that 60 minutes worth of value i see a pathway to about 10 points worth of value here along the way i know Ryan, what are you thinking about ruben cotter is he in your squad to start this year he is currently for me i think he fits that mold of a player with uh low downside and high upside um outside of injury uh, to me the downside is he averages high 40s you're getting a guy who has you know even in that situation it's five points of value for a guy who's going to get you close to 50 most weeks and he doesn't have a buy leading into origin um obviously anyone who buys in to start the year is probably going to need to sell him in round 13 um mm. but but like you were touching on like his kryptonite last year um in terms of low minutes games was uh when he was backing up from origin or when the cowboys were getting absolutely pumped so like as i was saying with um Val, if you think the Cowboys are going to show some improvement this year, like I think your opinion of Cotter needs to be tied to the Cowboys. If you think they can show some improvement this year and not get blown out on a regular basis, then I think the upside is there for Cotter to push back into the 50s. Um, his PPM was down last year and that ties directly back into how poor the Cowboys were. I, I posted an article on our website, um, amateursfantasysports.com slash NRL, if you want a full uh, detail I went into there. But um, essentially, in short, um, his tackles were down and and his missed tackles were up. So his tackle efficiency was worse off than what it was in years prior. And I think a big part of that was because of how poor the Cowboys were themselves. So um, if you look at his games over the first uh, 12 rounds of the season, that's, uh, when he played at least 50 minutes or more, his PPM was about 0.86. So there is that scope there for him to push back in you know, into that um, low 50s average. And, and I think he fits the mold for me of a player that's worth taking a risk on. And, and his ownership is not low, like at 23% as well. So he sort of fits um, everything I'm kind of looking for in a round one player. So, I, and he fills that tricky mid position. So I think he's going to be in my squad round one. I like it. Now, that's really interesting. The fact that he's, he's, um, he was still trying to be involved, but his missed tackles were up and the Cowboys were worse team. Because Nick, you've got something here about his involvement rates were still very high last year. Yeah, I know, Ryan, uh, you check out the rugby league eye test. I, I sort of check out the end of year advanced statistics. So um, Ruben Cotter in 2021 was second in involvement rate, which is sort of a combination of your total runs. I think that includes your support runs as well. And also your total tackles as a percentage of all the total possessions. Um, 
within the whole game. So he was second in 2021 at, with 45 minutes. Um, only people over 40 minutes in that year was Tarpanay, Gilbert, and Jared Rear Hargraves in the top 20. So in 2022, he was eighth with 57 minutes, which was just absolutely insane in 2022. No one else cracked um, the 50 minutes in the top 20. But then in 2023, he wasn't even the top 20 in involvement rate. So um, his, his absolute production just sort of fell off from what we'd sort of become accustomed to last year, just in overall involvement rate, which obviously translates to his base stats. So um, whether he returns back to being that involvement rate sort of king, because no one could really touch him in terms of his minutes and his involvement. So we'll see if it, it returns. Are we sort of predicting that? Uh, I mean, look, I do think so. Like, they've named him co-captain now. Like, I think that is a sign um, that, like, they are looking to him as now the leader of this side. And, like, personally, like, I'm of the opinion um, a big part of the Cowboys' poor performance last year was down to how good they were in 2022. Um, Like, when you factor in, like, how young this squad is, they had multiple new players making origin debuts, going into long finals run, and then straight into a World Cup as well. Mm. And then going straight back into like a shortened preseason um, coming back from the World Cup into in Townsville. I, I just, I think that fatigue really caught up to them and you saw that, saw that in some of their effort last year as well. So I, I think this could be a bounce back year for Cotter and the Cowboys. Love it. Love it. So he's in, currently in my squad. So I'm yes, welcome. Excellent. Uh, okay. Let's talk about a couple of other guys here. So Nick, have you got Scotty Drinkwater or have uh, I got Scotty Drinkwater? I don't know. I think it's you. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, Scotty Drinkwater, some 15K. Sorry, I did the Cowboys at like one in the morning last night or something. <laughs> it has to be you, dude, because I'm like, I, it's like the other day. It's like, no, I definitely didn't write this. <laughs> English is too bad. Eight Haas calling him Jesus in the body of a front rower. Uh, That's not something you'd say. No. Anyway, um, Scotty Drinkwater, 52 break even. He averaged 50 uh, last year. Um, so he averaged 25 and a half in his first four games of the season. Uh, he ran one, two, six, and seven, but he averaged fifty-five point eight the rest of the season. It was easily Stu's best call last year, identifying the sort of change in role with his hands more on the ball, and that included one hundred and one against the Tigers in that blowout, as we mentioned. So, absolute gun who should back up with another low fifties average based on the eye test and the attacking ball uh, running through him again in that sort of twenty meter line, and just um, when they're on the front foot, it's a very settled side all round, so not too many changes as we mentioned before, and I don't anticipate too many changes uh, this season. Uh, it's, if anything, it's a much stronger team. And as Ryan just alluded to, a, a much better rested team uh, that should be much better prepared for 2024 than they were in 23. Um, the only negative on drink water is, you know, could could last year be the anomaly? So um, he averaged 47 in 2022. Before that, he used to be a mid-20s guy. Like, I'm not saying he's a mid-20s guy, but was last year the anom- anomaly? Ryan, do you think he could have a regression or do you think it's more sort of on an upwards trajectory here? Yeah, it's it's one of those ones. Like, Drinkwater's always been a tough player for me to figure out, and it's definitely possible he, he just went through a bit of a purple patch during that run. Like, he's always sort of had this promise. Like, he's been we've been sort of waiting for that player to, to bust out and be that elite wing fullback, and he just he'd never really shown it until about the halfway point of last year. Like, obviously, he started very slow, got uh, sin bin and suspended, um, and he picked up the goal kicking towards the end of the year with Val Holmes suspended too. So it's tough. Um, I think with so much... Uh, well, we expect to be uh, to have a lot of value in the wing fullbacks with Pappenhausen and Jaden Campbell. 
we'll see if they start round one. Um, but yeah, it, with so much other other wing fullback options, it's hard for me to justify um, going into drink water when he. He is a bit of an unknown, like which drink water are we going to get? Um, they do have a soft run to start the year, but yeah, how many Cowboys are too many Cowboys? I can only have so many Cowboys on my team. Yeah, that's true. Uh, where would you target him in draft then, Ryan? Like is, is he sort of that early round two type of guy or or would you let him slide a little bit from his natural spot? <sighs> I mean, like the, the wing fullback position, If I mean, if you are playing like a, a full free wing fullback draft um it, it can get it can get a bit thin early so i think uh no later than round three is what i'd probably be targeting um you know you assume ponger and latrell first two off the board and after that he's sort of in the same category for me as like tedesco um so yeah i'd say probably in the first three to four rounds excellent awesome uh now we also got to talk about Reese Robson, Nick, because he's possibly the third cowboy people may want in their teams. Yeah, mate, six sixty k, forty eight break even. Uh, he disappointed last year. Uh, I was a oh, bit broken. I don't know. I, I was disappointed because uh, I was expecting a high fifties average. And Fair enough. That's what I thought from the preseason. So he delivered an average of forty eight despite his minutes being there. So it's not that he was cut short in his minutes. The problem wasn't his base. It is still awesome. It's the biting negatives going up. From 6.6 to 9.7. Um, and his attacking points going backwards from 12.4 to 9.4. So um, if he gets some regression back to his 2022 form, and more broadly, as we've touched on a few times now, if the Cowboys actually live up to their expectations this year, it really could be a big year for him in sort of that mid to high 50s and absolutely some value. So it really is a classic bounce back factor um, for getting on Robson. Uh, Stu, are you high on the Robson bandwagon? I am relatively. Like, I owned him for the first part of last year and for those first 14 rounds. So he averaged 53 over the 80 minutes prior to the first buy, eight scores above 50, four above 70 of those, like were above 70. So, But that's a second stint, as everyone sort of worked out after that origin call-up. Went downhill, didn't crack 50 again for the rest of the season, an average of 42. So if you're expecting, you know, there's probably five points of value there and he's a buy until probably like, you know, you can play him until round 16 because I'm not sure that he will play Origin at this stage, like just with the lineup ahead of him. So I know, Ryan, like are you on Robson or are we going for the cheaper hooker options like Cheese and Lussick? I, I do have Robson in my side currently. Um, he's been one that's sort of been in and out at stages, and I agree with most of what you said, Stu. And like, especially for me as a head-to-head coach, like he's someone who I wouldn't like. I'd be able to hold all the way through to round twenty-five, assuming he doesn't get injured or um, doesn't get picked for Origin. But um, yeah, like I'm right there with you. Uh, I'm on the cusp of having him in my side. Uh, it's again, it's just those negatives. It was the same thing that plagued a lot of the Cowboys last year was the tackling efficiency. Um, so yeah, I, again, I, I can see some uh some bounce back here and have his average push back up into the you know 53 54 sort of range yeah no i like it so i think they were yeah like having a look there generally when tackling efficiency goes down the pack wasn't doing so good and having a look at the pack it's like oh look they did they did have like a lot of mucking around last year didn't they like luciano was suspended for a few games and then I was in and out. Kamalolo was on the slide. Like, yeah, well, and he was injured a bit as well, and Cotter missed a couple of games with injuries. So yeah, it just all adds up, doesn't it? Uh, that's it. When especially when you hear like everyone's down, it's not a bad year for someone. It's a bad year for everyone. Yeah, bit of interest there. So Nick, really interested. Jason Tamalolo, he's actually turning up in more and more squads as people are sort of discovering this cheap mid and remembering back to the glory days of twenty eighteen to twenty twenty. What are we thinking, mate? 
468k is the main thing here with a 34 break even. So this is just the classic of the middle forward statistic eroding with age. So the statistical peak is around 26 and Tamalolo is 31 with his prime well and truly behind him and four more years of a million dollars per year well and truly ahead of him. So um, <laughs> his PPM has just eroded the last seven years from... 0.95 all the way down to 0.7 in 2023. Uh, it wouldn't be a problem if his minutes weren't decreasing each year with a career low 48.6 from his 2019 high of 64 minutes per game. So his minutes and his PPM just keep dwindling year after year. Obviously, if he got his PP up again, then he could be sort of that sneak. If he got his what up again? PPM. Okay. His PP. Jeez, grants me. He got his points per minute up again, mate. Get your head out of the gutter, mate. I also saw him tuck the ball under his arm more last year compared to some ball playing and offloading that he normally did. So only 0.2 offloads last year down from his career high, 1.3 in 2019. This just makes me sad talking about this, guys. Can we talk about something happier? I, I just can't do it anymore. Was it worth it, Ryan? Do you reckon Do you reckon the Cowboys are happy with winning the comp and then paying $10 million for the privilege? Oh, look, I've always said I, I think it was a good contract. Um, like, we always knew this would be the, the end of it. But, like, at the time... It, you, you were probably getting 200 to 300k unders um so like you you're you're, pay, you're paying unders for the first five years and now the back half you're uh, it's sort of like a uh, yeah thanks for all your service <laughs> type deal um but yeah no i agree with uh, basically everything that nick says i think the the days of big minute tamalolo were over and like his knees are gone as well like all that knee cartilage stuff he was having done last year um he, i just yeah he just can't play those big minutes anymore excellent so it's not so much that the coach doesn't like him is the fact that he's just not capable of production no i mean you know it happens to all of us as we get a bit older doesn't it uh, especially um tamalolo the amount of wear he's had on his body running for bloody wasn't it like over five thousand meters one year um but it catches up to you yeah it's, it's it certainly does when you're a big boy so well look i guess at that point he's definitely a guy to fade away from so Having a look at the rest of the squad here, I, th- I think we've just about been through anyone else. Uh, can you think of any other Cowboys we'd want to have in our squad, Ryan? Uh, I, I don't think so. Not for round one. I'm sure there's uh, someone that might pop up as we go along. But, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get Cash Cow Drake, Jake Granville again. What a fun ride that was. <laughs> starting <laughs> starting lock. <laughs> Mate, starting prop. Starting, I don't know, starting coach probably next year. Um, yes. Mate, the um the way that he keeps on going, but you know what? He's he's one of those guys. A lot of other people would have fallen off the bandwagon right now, right? Like gone and taken the money in Super League or whatever else. He just keeps on plugging along, and like you know, he's not the best player, but you know, he's he's doing all right for a guy who's he's been around for a long time. Yeah, it's it's kind of shocking that he's managed to hold on. He's like the lone guy from the uh, 2015 Grand Final team that's uh, other than Tom Lolo that's uh, held on this long. That's it, and um. He's certainly not on a million dollars a year to do so. All right. Uh, Well, look, uh, otherwise from that, I think, unfortunately, guys, Luciano Lelua is probably priced out as is him, Lukey. And look, the only other guy that I've got some interest in there is just because of how well he plays Griffin Neem if he ever gets a starting spot. So, But I think he just plays really hard. Right, Nick? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so like he's, he's not got a huge amount of value in him, but if he gets a starting spot, I think there might be some there. Mm. All right. Um, Any final thoughts from you, Ron? Oh, mate, I hope I uh, – I know Mark wasn't available tonight, so I hope I'd have filled the, uh, the Cowboys uh, fandom, the one-eyed fandom that he, he would have done. I hope I've done him proud. But, uh, no, I, I think big year for the Cowboys this year. Oh, mate, no, you've done exceptionally well. And, mate, <laughs> I, I don't know, I've – 
I feel like every year I've just got no grass from the cowboys. It's a bit like glass up there. So it's it's one of those ones that's good to have someone who's got that other side of the thought, making sure that I'm not just um, making up why I've got Ruben Cotter and my team out of my own head. So <laughs> No, mate. Yep. No, all good. Excellent. All right, Nick, final thoughts? No, I think they'll bounce back. So I'm pre- pretty high on them as a team overall. But e- yeah, up, up the boys. Excellent. Up the boys. <laughs> <laughs> God, I want a terrible one, this one. Oh, the boys. My oh, my God. All right. On that note, it's the Boom or Bust NRL Fantasy Podcast, North Queensland Cowboys Preseason Preview 2024. Signing out. Thanks for listening to the Boom or Bust Podcast. Make sure to subscribe and check out our Facebook page for more info.